Hey friends, thank you for joining Christ Church Online. The following message is our Easter address delivered by the Rev. Dr. John Guest. If you would like to watch the sermon, you can do so on our website, ccgf.org sermons, or on our YouTube channel. Now, here is Pastor John with our Easter message. Thank you for listening. I want to take you back a few years to Moscow and to Gorky Park, where we had a phenomenal concert with a man by the name of Leon Patello. He used to, for all you old-timers, sing with a band called Santana. And he got to know the Lord, and he came over with us and did a concert in Gorky Park, singing about Jesus being alive. When he was done, it was up to me to preach it. The year was 1990. The wall had just come down. The Russians were experimenting with glasnost, you remember, openness. And they had allowed us an entourage of about 30 to come on in and talk about Jesus and preach Jesus in various academies, military, naval, and open spaces. On Arbat Street in the heart of uh, Moscow, we set up. The whole thing was remarkable. It was exhilarating to be there. And here we were in Gorky Park. That is like the Central Park, New York, of Moscow. Leon Patello had done his thing. And I stood up to speak about Jesus. Where would you begin? I began in Red Square that morning. There was a long, long line. I'd wanted to go and see the dead body of Lenin. He's in Moscow, dead, embalmed in a vacuum-sealed glass casket, elevated in this mausoleum. And people were lined up for, it looked like, about a quarter of a mile to go see Lenin dead. And I wanted to see him dead. But I couldn't get on the end of that line. You and I know, as did they, that he is like one of the legendary founders of communism, Russian-based communism, that they wanted to take around the world. And you could see right there in Moscow itself what a miserable failure it was. Buildings falling apart. We actually had to stay on a beautiful liner in the Moscow River right in the heart of town because the hotels couldn't really house us back then. In any case, I said, Lenin is dead. Jesus is alive. Well, listen. Hey. It got quiet. To shout out that Lenin was dead and Jesus was alive in the heart of Moscow. It was quiet. And I realized, whoa, this is huge. So I bellowed it out again. Lenin is dead. Jesus is alive. And they responded just as you did. So I'll do it one more time. Lenin is dead. Jesus is alive. And they... They burst out in applause. Maybe because Lenin was dead. But I had the sneaking suspicion that it was because Jesus was alive. And that longing, that emptiness, the hollowness, the lostness 
of atheism, life without God, and just to hear that Jesus was alive. That is the cardinal piece of truth concerning the gospel of Jesus. If I put it this way, if Jesus had not risen from the dead, you would not know that he had died on a cross. Let that sink in. You think everybody knew he died on a cross? No one would know he died on a cross except that he walked from the grave alive. The Romans executed thousands, maybe tens of thousands, of any kind of rebel, sometimes lining highways with crucified men who'd rebelled against their authority. They came down with a crushing, powerful, dispassionate force to quell any kind of uprising. And crucifixion was common. Can you name anybody else other than Jesus who was crucified? Well, quickly you say, yes, Peter. I'll tell you this, you wouldn't have known Peter was crucified upside down, but that Jesus walked from the grave alive. There would have been no reason to crucify Peter. What got him crucified was testifying to a living Jesus who threatened the authorities and the power of Caesar. Can you name somebody else? Well, you old-timers will remember the movie Spartacus. And after that, you are cooked. (laughs) The resurrection of Jesus absolutely demonstrates the power and the joy and the exhilaration of knowing that living Jesus and what he accomplished for us. I don't know if you noticed in the reading from the gospel one little line. The women get to the tomb. The stone is rolled away. There is a young man. This, this is another line, actually. I don't know if you noticed it. It was a young man. The angel was described as a young man. We will all one day in heaven, if we know and love Jesus, be eternally young. Isn't that a pleasant thought? I say that in passing. The big deal was this, that that young man said, you've come to seek Jesus. He is not here. He is risen. Go and tell his disciples and Peter. And it's the and Peter. Go and tell the disciples and Peter. Why Peter? Disinterestingly, we are going to be looking at Peter's first letter in the New Testament. It's on page six in your service sheet. You may want to be turning to it while I'm talking. But what Peter had done... And the last time he had seen Jesus was radically deny him. He didn't just wimp out. Three times he said, I don't know the man. And the last he called curses down upon himself. If you can imagine that. And then as they led Jesus away, he turned and looked at Peter. And Peter realized that Jesus had told him three times, you'll deny me. 
and Peter absolutely dissolved in sobbing tears. And can you imagine, that was the last time he saw Jesus. And the angel said, you go tell the disciples and Peter. The angel speaking with the authority of the Lord, bringing the Lord's message. The Lord himself concerned about broken-hearted, absolutely soul-destroyed Peter. He had denied his Lord, having earlier that same day virtually pounded himself on the chest and say, though they all deny you, yet I will not. And he did three times. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And that is so encouraging to me and I trust to you because we deny Jesus. We don't live for him as we should. We're not on fire for him as we should be. We're not as devoted to him as we should be. And for one or two or six or a dozen of you here this morning, it may be that you've never ever really gotten to know Jesus in the first place, to have a relationship to him. Because I will tell you this, the heart and soul of the Christian faith is about a personal relationship with a living Savior. Take a look at what Peter began to write. We pick up his first letter in chapter 1. So this is early days of writing. And he says this, verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has given us a new birth into a living hope because of Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Jesus alive. Peter rejoicing. Praise to God. Praise to the Lord Jesus. The kind of exalting praise that we've already experienced here this day. Jesus is alive. But in that coming to life again has given us the opportunity to be born into a new and living hope. Three things to say all too quickly. And by the way, this is really the first of a three-part series. Next two Sundays in a row, we'll be addressing other aspects of Jesus being alive and the kind of apologetic, the reasonable, rational exegesis of a Jesus who absolutely walked from the grave alive and authenticated thereby every other aspect of his teaching. And the first piece of that teaching that Peter puts his finger on relative to the resurrection is that we have been born anew. Now Jesus spoke very radically and clearly to a very religious man. His name was Nicodemus. You could call him Nick in our contemporary world. And Nick was himself educated, a religious leader, part of the Sanhedrin, the authority body of the Jewish family, the Jewish people. 
And he came to Jesus at night because he was far too respectable to turn up in daylight and have a conversation with him. And Nicodemus heard from the lips of Jesus for all his religiosity, his church-goingness in his day, his education, his stature in the community, his leadership in the church of the Jews. You must be born again. And he spoke about a spiritual reality to a man who was religious but dead spiritually. A spiritual reality of a whole new life. And here is Peter nailing it right at the beginning of this letter. Born again to a living hope. If you are sitting here this morning, thrilled to be here, thrilled at the music, thrilled at the sense of destiny that a living Jesus brings, but for you yourself, it's like you're on the outside looking in because there is an emptiness still in your life. For whatever you represent, whatever the rest of your life you might even present to the Lord, there is an emptiness within. And Jesus can fill that hollowness and give you a new sense of purpose and destiny to be born anew. That can happen here this morning. Being born anew is not a lifelong process. Can you imagine, ladies, birthing somebody for a lifetime? There is a moment when you are born anew. And it's when Jesus enters your life with the gift of his life. And that new birth is called a living hope. It's not a dead hope. It's not a dead mantra or piece of theology. It's a living hope because we have a living Savior. No other religion in the world has a living Savior. Jesus is alive. And we have a living hope because we have a living Savior. And we're born anew into a living hope. And that living hope is described as this heaven. Look at the very next verse, verse 4. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. Do you know any concept of heaven? Again, this is like an explanation of Christianity 101. Any concept of heaven where it's described in the Bible where there's no more pain, no more death, no more tears, everything is made new, there is a sense of exaltation and exuberance and joy, which is a forever joy in this forever life with our forever Savior in his forever kingdom, comes from the Christian faith. No other religion has that joy, that health, that wellness, death is done, everything living, new, as I said earlier, we're all young and beautiful forever, is Christian. And it's rooted in Jesus walking from the grave alive. When he walks into our lives, we are born anew into his family, and we get here what is called an inheritance. And it's not a fleeting inheritance. 
I'm somewhat put off actually when I see like the bumper sticker we saw a lot of this in Florida when we were working down there where it said I am spending my child's inheritance in other words I'm spending this money on myself as an old retiree and good luck to them when I'm gone is the implication of that statement but here this inheritance is so magnificently described listen to these words it says an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade doesn't diminish doesn't wear out is not dependent on the stock market or on anybody else because it's kept for us a splendid eternal joyful inheritance that's the gift that comes with a new birth in Jesus and the joy that comes with it I run to the end of this reading that we have had I want you to look if you will at verse 8 though you have not seen him you love him isn't that wonderful we don't see Jesus but once you ask him to come into your life and surrender it's like you see him by faith and that faith though we've never seen him generates in us a love for him it's like we fall in love with life and reality all over again let me continue to read though you have not seen him you love him and even though you do not see him now you believe in him and as a result look at what it says are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy have you ever had that inexpressible and glorious joy what a statement it takes me back to the day I was born anew I was 18 I was living in London and for those of you who've never heard it most of you have but I'm going to say it again anyway just for the half a dozen or 20 of you who've never heard it I was not raised to go to church we did not have a Bible in my home we never prayed we didn't say grace and my father committed suicide when I was a little boy of seven left my mother with three little boys of which I was the oldest and my mother told me years later that my dad her husband of then was an atheist that explains why no church no prayers no Bible no conversation like we're having this morning we had a wonderful service here last night five o'clock lots of kids and I said to the kids because I use this same scripture I said to the kids I wish I had been raised in a home that brought me to church the way your parents have brought you to church I had none of that I reached adolescence and I had that emptiness and hollowness in my life and then I heard from a man that Jesus came that we might have life in all its fullness and I resisted giving my life to Jesus because I didn't want to become one of those religious people those church-going people I didn't want to be there but I did want that life a life that was overflowing in the old language of the King James Version of the Bible an abundant life I end up going to hear Billy Graham preach in London 
And that night, listening to him, I opened up my life to Jesus and asked Jesus to come into my life. The reason I'm preaching here this morning, the reason I have the wife I have and the children I have, and the life that we have together, is because of that night when I was born anew into a living hope and the joy inexpressible. You may find this hard to conceive, and in looking back, I can't believe it myself, because in those days I was cool. I'm not too uncool now, but I was really, in London and English terms, very cool. But I went dancing through the streets of London. I was swinging around lampposts. If it had been raining, I'd have been dancing in the rain. I was exultant. It was the first time in my life I'd felt clean on the inside. I knew heaven was my home whenever I died, for sure. And between here and there, I would have this life of consequence because Jesus was in it. I want to pray with you right now. For some of you, you may have been like a Peter who needed to come back and get things squared away. And it's like, go tell the disciples and put your name in there. Mary, Susan, Fred, Harry, put your name in there. Go tell them. You can begin again here this morning. But it begins with coming to Jesus, a living Jesus, a living hope. Close your eyes with me right now. That's to shut out any distraction. And use that God-given imagination of yours to see Jesus coming to you. He's looking at you, loving you. He knows your heart. He knows that emptiness. He knows your need for forgiveness. He knows that he has borne when he died on the cross all your sins, all your filth, all your rebellion, all your self-serving, all your doubts and fears. He took it all. And he comes to you. And it's time for you to begin with him a new life. In your own heart, say to him, this is now just between you and him. But I'll speak in the first person so that you can make my words your words. This is now between you and him. Say to him, Dear Lord Jesus, oh, how I need you. Come into my life. Drive out the darkness and the doubt and the fear. Fill me with your forgiveness. Light up my life. Take possession of me. Fill me with yourself. I hand myself over to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to begin again with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for a new life and a new inheritance and a new beginning. 
If you'll look up here just for a moment, if that was you, we are going to be inviting you to come and receive the bread and the wine, in other words, the emblems of those dying moments and the dying love of Jesus. Some of you will be going to the back where we have stations and we'll be encouraging many of you from the back to do that, as well as those of you who come forward. We do have stations at the back as well. But as you place your hands out like this to receive the bread, if you prayed that prayer with me, watch me now. I want you to, as you put out your hand to receive the bread, with your other hand, make a little cross in the middle of your palm. And you'll not only receive the bread, but the person serving you the bread will lay his hand on you and pray a blessing on you. This is that very special moment between you and Jesus. So as you just signify with that cross in your hand, he will know and will pray that blessing as well as giving you the bread and then you receive the wine. God bless you as you come to Jesus.